I was listening to the radio this past week when I heard a story about Neanderthals. Maybe you heard this story too. The only thing that I really knew about Neanderthals, that this was a kind of mean thing to call somebody, that Neanderthals are old-fashioned or stuck in their ways or ancient in their views and unintelligent. We think about the museum exhibitions where the Neanderthals are the sort of ape-human creatures that sit around campfires and grunt and carry big clubs to beat things. So these cavemen, this is the image that we have of the Neanderthal. But the story on the radio suggests that we have greatly misunderstood Neanderthals. For deep inside this cave, researchers have found two tons of stalagmites and stalactites that have been broken off into uniformed pieces and laid in a circle. And this is like 200,000 years ago when there were only Neanderthals, only these cavemen. And now it challenges all of our assumptions about who these people were, that they went deep into caves and created these circles that perhaps they were even used for rituals, that they had language that may have been more than grunts, maybe even more human than we ever thought. In fact, as they do the genome studies, the Neanderthals are 99.9% share all of that genetic, genetic makeup with us. And now in contemporary museum exhibits, Neanderthals look pretty human. We have an updated view. Why should we be surprised that another species may be as human or nearly human as we are? We think that because our species survived, we have to be better than. But we really don't know. As the story goes, there's a lot of caveman inside all of us. So we may be the Neanderthals in the old sense of the word. Our world, creation, people are far more complex than we know. And whenever we think that we've got things figured out, someone finds cave circles defying explanation. NASA finds a thousand new planets beyond Pluto. Scientists in Ireland discover a new form of light that doesn't travel in a straight line but curves and changes the way we understand light forever. Jesus keeps running into people 
who challenge our assumptions and defy our expectations. Today, it is an army officer in the Roman Empire. As a centurion, meaning that he is commander of a hundred men. As a Roman, he is a Gentile. He is an outsider to the Jewish faith. Gentiles and Jews do not get along. They do not mix. They are not friends. As a centurion, he is a commander of the very troops that occupy Israel. He is the enemy. He is the one who carries out Caesar's orders to collect taxes, build temples, keep the populace in line. But yet this man is not only an outsider, he's also an insider. He built their temple. He defies expectation. He's not only an enemy, he is a friend. They have somehow built up a mutual respect so that he can call on the Jewish leaders to help him. And the Jewish leaders will beseech Jesus on his behalf. And as a military man, he has this whole commander understanding of who Jesus is and complete confidence in Jesus' ability to command his slave to be healed. Would-be enemies speak of love and humility and compassion. And Jesus finds it all amazing. And he calls it faith. Faith is a tricky thing these days. It's ambiguous and a little amorphous. We're not sure what it is exactly. I have people come up and tell me about family members who don't go to church and how they wish they did. And they aren't members of any faith tradition. They worry, will they know God? And then I hear, what did we do wrong? that our children don't go to church? Why is it that they won't get their children baptized? Our great faith traditions are veins of gold running deep into world history, filled with jewels of hope and love and justice. And when we tap into these veins, we tap into these great riches, and we tap into a tradition of music and stories and prayer, coffee hours, and potlucks that have nurtured the family of faith for millennia. And of course we want to share these blessings. But then come the labels. We all call people who've never been part of a worshiping congregation the unchurched. 
Now, if that doesn't make insiders and outsiders, I don't know what does. And sometimes we call the outsiders the nuns, as in those who have no faith tradition that they can check on a survey form. Their faith tradition just doesn't fit in the categories on that census box, and so they check none. And sometimes people just call themselves the duns, and that they are done with organized religion, done with what they see as the prejudice and meanness and violence masquerading as faith. And then we have the spiritual but not religious. Those who recognize within themselves a need for a source of hope and strength and love, but just not in a religious institution. And we wish we could get these people in particular to come to church because we say, we're spiritual. And really, come and try us out. We're not that religious. What if, with all of our labels and hand-wringing, we are the Neanderthals in the old sense of the word? What if faith is more beautiful and complex and multifaceted, more ambiguous and profound than we give God credit for? In our story about the centurion, faith is about relationships. More than religious traditions. Relationships that erase the lines between insider and outsider, enemy and friend, believer and non-believer, Jew and Gentile, slave and free far and near. In this story, there is an intentional commitment to love one another in compassion and humility, trusting that the whole is greater and more powerful than the parts. And then in this community of trust and committed intentional love beyond all of these separations, that this is where healing happens, even for the littlest and the least. It is amazing, and Jesus calls it faith. When we see God's Spirit at work, giving courage and compassion, humility, inspiring commitment to love one's neighbor and even across enemy lines, trusting that in that relationship of courageous love, this is faith. Whether it is called faith or none or done or spiritual but not religious, or atheist, or secular. Faith 
there is an essence of seeking love and connection in the world. And so, we look at the daughter-in-law who doesn't come to church, who is the avowed atheist, and yet is completely committed as a teacher for at-risk kids down in the middle of Washington, D.C., and her life requires all of her courage and faith in the power of love to heal. And there's the friend who runs the hard rock radio station, anything but religious, and yet has a community of listeners that helps people in need and connect those in a caring and compassionate way. I once called him a pastor. <laughs> he did not see it. But I was pretty sure I did. We see the ones who refuse to be baptized or confirmed, but want to go deeper into the questions and will not give up until they tap some vein of gold where there is no label that goes with it. Theologian Diana Butler Bass sees all of this in the context of a spiritual revolution, a turning toward God's presence out in the world in relationships of commitment, at community gardens that pull diverse people together to find nourishment. At farmers markets where people come together, cross neighborhoods with shared meals and the goodness of creation celebrated. I share with you a quote from a Catholic theologian who decades ago had this prediction about the future. He said, in the future, we would be mystics. Those who have experienced something or, quote, cease to be anything at all, unquote. And if we are mystical believers, we will be those whose faith is profoundly present and committed to the world. The future of faith will be an earthy spirituality, a brilliant awareness of the spirit that vivifies the world. and embrace this spiritual revolution? Can we give up our labels and ask, where do we see that committed love and devotion and community making a cross line where the least are healed because of that peace? 
can we marvel at an ambiguous, multifaceted, complex, uncontainable faith? Can we have trust in God's ability to be more creative than we can possibly imagine? And allow it to simply amaze us? And call it faith. Amen.